Rudyard Kipling, the famous English author of about 100 years or so, was an amazing author in, in so many ways, but one of the most amazing facts about him is that he actually made a very good living, was very successful while he was alive. Was a, you know, that doesn't really happen a lot. So he was so famous that one day a newspaper sent a reporter to go interview him and just talk about the success that he has had as an author. And this uh, reporter said to him, you know, Mr. Kipling, you're, you are so famous. You, it is estimated that every one of your words is worth $100. Mr. Kipling just kind of scratched his head and was said, wow, that's, that's pretty. I never, I never realized that. That's, that's, that's pretty amazing. Now, this particular reporter, I guess, didn't, didn't really appreciate his work, Mr. Kipling's work. So he took out his wallet and he took out $100 and he handed Mr. Kipling this $100 and said, Here's $100. Give me one of your words, your famous words. Uh, Mr. Kipling took the, the, dollar, the $100 bill, looked at it, folded it up, and put it in his pocket and said, Thanks. <laughs> I am not sure that any of my words are worth any amount of money, but if any of you have $100 and want to give it to me, I've only got one word for you. Thanks. Let's pray. Father, thank you for this morning that we have an opportunity. We have a wonderful opportunity to be in your presence. Oh, what a great opportunity that is. That we're with you. And when we are with you, we are better. We are stronger, we are healthier, we are freer. So we thank you for that privilege that we can come into your presence and that you long and desire to be with us. So fill this place with your presence. We have praised you, we have worshipped you, and we want to continue in that way. So open up our hearts, our mind, and our spirit to receive everything that you have for us this morning. Because... Truly, we want to leave here today closer to your heart, closer to your purposes, closer to your will for us, and leave stronger, healthier, wiser, freer, because we have been with you. So we ask that, and we thank you for it. In Jesus' name, we pray. Amen. I want to talk about thanks living today. Thanks living. And I want to take a journey that eventually is going to get us into the books of Acts. Okay? But I want to go through the Psalms a little bit for this one. Because the Jewish people have a mindset about thanksgiving that I think we need to explore even more. If you read the book of Psalms, you read a book of thanksgiving. Over and over again, thanks living, thanksgiving praise, worship, an attitude of gratitude expressed throughout the Psalms. Because the Jewish people, the Jewish mindset was centered on the fact of worshiping God. It was centered. Their relationship with God was based on praise and worship of Him. And when they failed to do so, that's when they got into trouble. That's when they drifted from His heart. That's when they, they were sent into exile where many, many, many bad things happened. 
But when they were centered on worship, when they were centered on praising him, when they were centered on acknowledging the fact that God is God and that they were his people, amazing things happened. So this morning, I want, I want to talk about Thanksgiving. I want to talk about having an attitude of gratitude. To understand the power that there is in praise this morning. The human heart, when it engages in worship, when it engages in praise, when it engages in thanksgiving, it is at its most free. It is free. It is free of everything that would want to choke life out of it. But sometimes you hear awful news reports, like what happened in France. It devastates you, even though you might not be personally involved. You might not have a loved one in France. But we're devastated by this kind of news because we can't, normal people cannot rationalize this kind of violence. You might have personal struggles, circumstances, physical, financial, relational things that it seems awfully hard maybe to give Thanksgiving this morning. That maybe it's hard to reach for. And yet that is the very thing that the scriptures cry out for. If you would go to Psalm 107. Psalm 107 is is a, a psalm full of thanksgiving. But listen to verses 21 and 22. All that, I'm going to read from the King James. All that men would praise the Lord for his goodness, for his wonderful works to the children of men. And let them sacrifice the sacrifices of thanksgiving and declare his works with rejoicing. That word, the Jewish word for praise there is the word yada. And it literally means to cast your hand out. To cast your hand out. To the Jewish mindset, this means several things. They use this same word when they're going into battle. Because when it means to, to, to throw out the hand, it means to maybe to throw a stone or to throw an arrow. But in their mindset, they use it for praise. They use it for thanksgiving. They use it for worship. And they use it for sacrifice of thanksgiving. They use it for all those things throughout the Psalms, the word yada is there. The meaning of it is there. It's about made up of two words, yah, to extend one's hand, to extend one in a certain direction with power. The second part of the word means Jehovah. So to extend one's hand, yes, to thrust out one's hand, but towards God, towards Jehovah. To this Jewish mindset is one of worship. One of praise. One of thanksgiving. I'm going to extend my hand out, but it's towards God and it's in worship. The point of this is that this is a visible sign to the people around them. Because also to the Jewish mindset, they believe this. If they are worshiping God, if they're extending their hands out towards God, other people will notice. 
So this is a declaration of their faith, but it's also trying to tell people about the God they worship. It's one little word, but to the Jewish mindset, it means so much more. And I believe that we need to kind of get this kind of mindset into us, especially when we face the things that we're facing today. When it might seem hard to rise up and give thanks. To extend our hands towards a God. When so many awful things are happening. It is the power of praise that the Jewish people throughout Psalms, throughout the Old Testament... This is what they constantly came back to, their worship of Father God. And they believed not only was this an extension of their own personal faith, it was this was what they used to signify to the people around them so they would notice who they are worshiping. You get that? It's just more than just extending my hand out. I'm doing this so not only I remind myself of my faith, but so other, other people see my faith also. It's a visible display of their faithfulness towards a faithful God. I hope that I explained it. <laughs> so outstretched hands is an expression of yada, thanksgiving, praise, and confession. Because, listen to Psalm 9-1. Uh, I will praise you, yada. You, O Lord, with my whole heart, and I will tell of your marvelous works. That's our confession. I'm going to tell of his marvelous, what he has done for me. Psalm 44, 8. In God we boast all day long and praise, yada, your name forever. You can pull, pull out so many different psalms over and over again. And that expression is there. I am praising God, but I'm also doing this because I want to tell everybody else of his marvelous works. What he's done for me. I want you to know about God so that you come to God too. Okay? So the, to the Jewish people, thanksgiving, thanks living is a, is a way of life. If you are a, a practicing Jew today... And you're deeply committed to your faith. You are purposely setting time apart every day and 100 times a day just to thank God. Think about that discipline for a moment. Purposely taking out parts of your day 100 times a day to purposely just thank God. Matter of fact, here's this morning prayer that they pray. It's just two sentences long. I gratefully thank you, O living and eternal King, for you have restored my soul within me with compassion. Abundant is your faithfulness. Imagine praying that every morning before you step out of bed, before you put your feet on the floor, before you get your cup of coffee, before you do anything else, this is what is on your mind. This is what's on your lips. This is what is on your heart. An expression of thankfulness to the God who's been faithful. I don't know about you. If, if that was my attitude most mornings, I think I, my walk during the day would be a lot different. It is this thanks living that God wants us to get to. He wants us to go into. He wants us to breathe it. He wants us to eat it. He wants us to consume it. 
Because what it does for us is nourish our soul. What it does is free our heart. What it does is settles our brain from worries and concerns and anxiety. Praise does all that and more. So if we want to turn to Acts 16, I want to talk about a certain story about Paul and Silas. Acts 16, we're going to begin in verse 25. Backstory, Paul and Silas went to this place to do their usual gig of, of spreading the gospel. They get in trouble, they get beaten, and they get thrown in jail. About midnight, Paul and Silas were praying and singing hymns to God, and the prisoners were listening to them. And suddenly there was a great earthquake, so that the foundations of the prison were shaken. And immediately all the doors were open, and everyone's bonds were unfashioned. When the jailer woke and saw that the prison doors were open, he drew his sword, and he was about to kill himself, supposing that all the prisoners had escaped. But Paul cried with a loud voice, Do not harm yourself, for we are all here. And the jailer called for the lights, and he rushed in with trembling, with fear. He fell down before Paul and Silas, and then he brought them out and said, Sirs, what must I do to be saved? And they said, Believe in the Lord Jesus, and you will be saved, and you and your household. And they spoke the word of the Lord to him and to all who were in his house. And he took them the same hour of the night, washed their wounds, and he was baptized at once. He and all his family. And then he brought them into his house, set food before them, and he rejoiced along with his entire household that he had believed in God. To me, that's a huge story. And to me, it's, it's just a wonderful thing about the power of praise. And so I got a few thoughts here. And I want to, verse 25, it says, praise gets noticed. Praise gets noticed. Paul and Silas, they're beaten. They're thrown in jail. They are, they're, there are things wrapped around, uh, uh, they're put in stocks, basically, on their feet. The first thing that they do, they worship. They extend their hands towards their God. They worship and they sing. They sing so powerfully that it says that everyone else was listening. And the, the Greek word there for listening means they were intently listening. Yes, they were all a captive audience. Okay, They had no other place to go. They really were a captive audience. But they were intently listening. Here's... Paul and Silas are in the same circumstances they are. They're in prison. They are suffering the same fate. But their attitude and their response to that is different. They're rejoicing. And everyone noticed that. Okay, verse 26, praise shakes things up. This is quite a jailbreak. The jail broke. It was shooken from its foundation so hard. The earthquake was so hard that the doors opened. And everyone's shackles, everything that they were bound with, they were loose from. Everything. 
freedom was made available to them by the power of praise. It was made available to them. God's power was revealed and doors were opened both physically and spiritually. Praise shakes things up. In verses 27 to 32, praise reveals who God is. The jailer is so afraid that everyone has escaped that he's about to take his own life. The beautiful part of this, that part of the story is that Paul yells out and says, no, 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 stop. We're still here. Paul stayed put. Paul could have easily walked out of that prison. No problem. Get lost in the crowd, disappeared. But he stayed put. Because he was more concerned about the, sale, the jailer's life than his own. He was more concerned about the safety of the jailer than he was his own safety. And he was more concerned about the freedom for the jailer than his own freedom. Paul stayed put. He, he expressed the heart of God here is that God is with us in the middle of things that keep us captive. And he wants us to be free. The heart of God is for freedom. Paul could have escaped. Paul could have ran. But he stayed put to make sure that this jailer got the message that God was trying to deliver. It's beautiful. It's powerful. To the Hebrews, praising God was an expression of faith. That when they praised God, they were expressing God's heart. So when, it, when Paul and Silas were praising God at this time, and the earthquake happened, and shackles were broken, and the doors were open, they didn't see this as a, an opportunity to escape. But what they did see this was an opportunity to bring freedom to people. It's beautiful. It's beautiful. That's what praise does. Verses 33 through 34, praise is healing. The jailer takes them and washes their wounds. He brings food for them. The jailer was now able to give back because he was now free. He was able to give thanks. He was able to do something for other people because now someone had set him free. God had set him free. It's healing. You know what they say truly? They have done scientific studies about what, who people who have a heart of gratitude, who, who give thanks, who understand what it means to be a thankful people, that their health is approved dramatically. Listen to these things. They're, they have a stronger immune system. They are less bothered by aches and pains. People who express gratitude have lower blood pressure. They sleep better. They have a higher level of positive emotions. They're more optimistic and happy. They feel more alive and awake. They're more helpful, generous, and compassionate, more forgiving, and they feel less lonely and detached from people. I think that is, that is expressed through the story here. The jailer finds freedom and is able to have a spirit of gratitude 
that gives back to the people that stayed and ministered to him. It's beautiful. I wish I had seven keys to a more grateful spirit this morning. Or three steps to have a more thankful heart. I wish it was that neat and tidy. I wish just reading that story and all instantaneously go, you know what? Yes, I'm going to have more yada in my life, more thankfulness in my life. I'm, yes, I agree. Thank you, Jay, for showing me the way. Thank you. Here's $100 for all those words. I wish it was not neat and tidy because uh, that would make it easier for me as well. The truth is that uh, being thankful doesn't, is not ignoring the hard things that we're going through. It's actually being more aware of them, but choosing to be grateful in the midst of them. See, that's, what, that's the story of Paul and Silas. They're beaten and thrown in jail, but their circumstances are just the same as the other prisoners, just as hard, just as maybe hopeless. But they choose to worship God. They choose to be grateful. Their songs of praise were, were of what great things God has done. So I find that gratefulness is really the memory muscle of the heart. If we could look back in our life and see moments where God intervened, where God delivered, where God made a way when it didn't seem to be a way. When I grew up in my strange and abusive home, there was also the added component of poverty. We often went without food. There was a, there was a lot of lack of food in my household. My father used to hunt a lot for food. But as he grew older, the cataracts uh, dimmed his eyesight. But he still went hunting, so the, the idea of a blind man in the woods with a gun is not very comforting. That's <laughs> probably why I don't go hunting today, but he used to. But the things that he used to be able to, venison and maybe some pheasant and things like the more exotic and more maybe tasty food, uh, ended up just being just squirrels. My father shot a lot of squirrels. So squirrel meat was a lot of our, 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 our diet. And what would happen, though, is since my mom was not a good cook, this somehow it always became squirrel stew. Okay, somehow it might have started off as something else, but it became squirrel stew. And uh, it, everything that was in that stew, you know, the, the corn, the, the carrots, the, the potatoes, Everything would turn, turn gray like the squirrel, except for the peas. The peas always remained green, and I don't understand why, but they just did. So you would have this gray concoction and this, these green things popping up. Okay. Okay. It doesn't sound appetizing at all, does it? No, okay. And, and it wasn't. God bless my mom. She could not cook, and so she could not rescue squirrel in any form or fashion. So this was, this was a, a constant meal source for us, was squirrel stew. Around, Thanksgiving comes around, and we don't have money to buy a Thanksgiving dinner. So we're, we're going to have squirrel stew for, for Thanksgiving. But not just that, uh, stew that has been frozen in, in, uh, for about two months. Okay, so this is not sounding better, I know, but this is, this is what we were faced with. And 
we had a small little black and white TV at the time, and we remember we were watching the parade, and you know they had food commercials, and even though they were in gray and black and white, they still looked better than the gray thing that was on the stove. Okay, it's, it's just real. Not real. Which one is better? I know I'm going for the unreal because it looks better. Okay, so we have this going on. And I'm about 13 years old, and I'm finding it very hard to be thankful this this particular junction. I don't like squirrel. I, uh, I didn't like squirrel. And, again, that was not what I was looking forward to. Somewhere in the middle of the afternoon, there's a knock on the door. My mother goes to the door, and two men come in with boxes. They walk right in our house. They say, Happy Thanksgiving. They go to the dining room table. They drop two huge boxes off. They wave. They say, Happy Thanksgiving, and they leave. Inside those two boxes was a full Thanksgiving meal, an already cooked turkey, and all the trimmings. That blew my mind. And to this day, it still does. The faithfulness of God is amazing. And when you exercise your memory muscle of gratitude, and you remember the great things that what God has done for you in the past, if it was yesterday, if it was 10 years ago, if it was 25 years ago, it doesn't matter because you're exercising that by worshiping today, by thanking him today. See, I told you that story, and hopefully you were intently listening, because I want you to know about my father. I want to know, my dad loves me. My dad cared enough for me to save me from at least one meal of squirrel stew. (laughs) He loved me enough to do that. He loved me enough. I never knew who those men were. I did not recognize them. I never saw them again. And to this day, I do not know who those men were. I do not know how they found out that we were going to eat this God-awful squirrel stew. But they figured it out. God told them. God led them. Who knows? But it is a story I want you to know that my God loves me. That all those years ago, he implanted in something deep in a young boy's heart so that he would never forget how faithful his God is. So that my arm is constantly outstretched towards him in worship and praise and showing you, the people in my life, the people that I want you to know, that my God loves me. My God is faithful. My God is committed to me. And he's committed to you. So to live a life of thanks living is to exercise that memory muscle of gratitude. That memory muscle of, I know what Father God did for me this time. And he is faithful to do it again. I never have to eat squirrel stew again. I'm pretty sure I don't have to. Christine doesn't make that. (laughs) If you drop that off my house, I will be thankful, but I won't eat it. Isn't it good to know that God is 